0: Then it's time now to welcome our analyst uh, from 27.4 Investment Managers, Nadir Token. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning to your listeners. Okay. I'm not sure where to start, whether we should start with uh, Standard & Poor's or whether we should start with uh, the price of red crude oil. Yeah, look, I mean... they 're both fairly big stories aren 't they, and they both have a fairly drastic impact on, on, on where South Africa is going to go. I mean, I think what everybody's talking about at the moment is uh, the ratings decision by P and which way are they going to go and what are they considering, and why is it so important? So We know that, that, that uh, June review is coming out later today. We know that there 's going to be um, another review in December of this year, uh, but you know what 's on everybody 's mind at the moment is what is SNP going to say later? today. And uh, we know that you two released their statement after market close today. So that's probably a good thing because it's going to result in less volatility on the markets. Um, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, here are the big issues that they're considering. South Africa's economy is basically coming to a grinding halt. You know, we're growing at uh, just above 0%. So, you know, we're escaping a recession by the skin of our teeth. And, uh, in fact, many pundits are saying and many economists are saying that um, if there is going to be a downgrade, that in fact will push us into recession territory. So the bottom line here is that South Africa our National Treasury had committed that debt to GDP won't go, um, you know, above uh, 45%. We're now well above that at over 50%. Um, our economy is growing very slowly, and we, and, and so which means that you know our tax base is not growing sufficiently, uh, you know, and the rand has obviously depreciated quite a lot, and you know, let's not forget that S&P um, and the other ratings agencies, in fact, Fitch as well, who's probably due to uh, announce sometime next week, uh, actually currently have our, uh, the foreign debt issuance uh, the credit rating under review. So, you know, I think from a South African perspective, we can all breathe a sigh of relief that, in fact, only about 8 to 10% of our total debt issuance is dollar-denominated debt or euro bonds, um, and that's the rating that's been placed under review. So, really speaking, the majority of our funding is in rands, and that's due to the fact that we have a very developed... Uh, local and uh, deep bond markets and, uh, you know, a very sophisticated pension system. So government has been able to mostly tap the local market to raise funding. And, uh, you know, so a, a downgrade to junk status, you know, although it will affect our local debt somewhat, um, you know, it, it, it's mostly going to be on our foreign debt. So, you know, I think uh, many, uh, many market uh, commentators, you know, actually believe that the ratings downgrade is going to happen, whether it's going to happen in June or December. Um, that's where the split vote is. You know, uh, many people saying that uh, the ratings agency is going to adopt a wait-and-see approach and, you know, if South Africa can implement structural reforms, and Praveen Gordon has been talking the right language to the ratings agencies, and they're going to give them a bit of time to see um, you know, if that can be implemented. So, you know, many people saying that the, 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 the downgrade is coming, um, you know, only later in the year, or they're going to see if it's going to come only later in the year, but they do- bottom line is that one of the key metrics S&P considers is GDP per, per capita growth and you know that's turned negative for the last couple of quarters so that's definitely not a good indication um, in terms of whether s is going to keep us on investment grade status because essentially what they're saying is that um, in reality uh, the average person in South Africa is getting poorer um, you know debt is going, the government debt is going up and uh, the cost of servicing that debt is going up So, and our tax base. Is- shrinking given that people are getting poorer so you know the, the bottom line here is that these are all not good signs and um, you know many people believe that if, the, if we escape the ratings downgrade today it is going to come in December and um, not getting any better when we talk about uh, the price of Brent crude oil $50.05 at this hour and of course uh, on the back of that failed um, at the meeting of OPEC where they failed to agree on a strategy in Vienna yeah, no, that, 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 that is one of the critical things here, uh, Sakina, you know, is that OPEC really seems to have lost control of uh, oil output, and, you know, their members have differing opinions and they can't seem to reach a consensus, which is obviously resulting in a bit of volatility in the oil price. And we know that Iran, after suffering, um, you know, pretty much three decades of isolation from the global economy, um, you know, wants to, uh, wants to sort of ramp up production on the back of being increasing. Included in the global economy once, once again, once sanctions have been lifted. And, you know, the, the, the other OPEC nations obviously, um, you know, trying to resist this as much as they, they, they can. We know that there's a lot of tension between Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia's allies within OPEC and Iran, and that's obviously, um, you know, fueling this, uh, this difference. Uh, to quite a large extent. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, here's what are the facts in the oil markets. Um, you know, the, the, we were grossly oversupplied um, about a year ago, and, you know, moving into that, we saw the oil price drop like a stone pretty much, um, you know, to, by about 70% all the way down to around uh, under $30 a barrel. But, you know, the, 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 the market has now moved into a deficit um, much quicker than many market participants had expected, We see the number of – we see U.S. crude oil inventories uh, dropping quite sharply for the last two months. Um, We see the number of operating oil rigs within the U.S. in terms of the shale industry and in Canada in terms of the shale industry uh, really coming under severe pressure, and we see a lot of uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcies in the U.S. on uh, some of those smaller oil companies because of the low oil price environment, Um, you know, so a lot of the excess supply has been taken offline and then, you know, there's obviously the issues around Nigeria and their supply disruptions and Kuwait and their supply disruptions and, you know, this has, you reduce the amount of supply quite drastically. So whilst, Demand hasn't necessarily uh, changed all that much. Um, Neither has it declined all that much, I think it's important to say. But, uh, you know, the market has moved into deficits. OPEC can't reach an agreement as to, uh, you know, what output should be. And OPEC traditionally, uh, you know, was a trendsetter and market maker in terms of oil output and was fairly predictable. You know, that seemed to have fallen apart a little bit. So a volatile oil price and an increasing oil price on the back of deficits certainly doesn't help South Africa. Africa's cause in terms of where our inflation trajectory is going in terms of what the Reserve Bank is going to be forced to do with interest rates. And that obviously pushes up everybody's cost of borrowing, including the sovereign, um, as the higher interest rates feed through into the bond yields. And then just finally, Nadir, U.S. uh, job numbers also um, coming out. And uh, just talk to us about that. Yeah, Sakina. I mean, this is traditionally always a market-moving number. Uh, you know, the jobs numbers which have come out for the last... Uh Two months have been uh, very, very p- uh, positive in terms of growth for the U.S. economy, um, you know, with over 200,000 jobs added. The unemployment rate has now seemed to steady at around 5% or just below 5% at 4.9%. Um, you know, so we're now reaching a situation where the U.S. is pretty much at full employment, and the Federal Reserve is talking the language that, uh, you know, the time for increasing interest rates is coming closer in the next, in the coming months. In fact, the exact state from the Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen is that the appropriate time to increase interest rates in the US is in the coming months so whether that means the June meeting later this month or whether it means the July meeting next month um, you know the the market seems to be putting in just over 30 percent probability that it's going to be uh, later this month and about a one-two in two probability that it's going to be next month um, but you know it's always market moving number because the Federal Reserve watches it very closely in terms of the health of the economy and where interest rates should go. And obviously, increasing interest rates in the U.S. has drastic impacts in terms of the flow of global capital. We've seen quite a big recovery in our bond market, for example, after the Nene Gate incident of December, where our yields spiked to above 10.5%, and we saw them retracing quite quickly, um, you know, after economic growth, uh, economic data out of the U.S. remained disappointing. For the first quarter, and we saw uh, expectations that the Federal Reserve is going to keep interest rates lower for longer, and a flow of capital into liquid emerging markets like South Africa, and that's why we saw bond yields retracing quite a bit. We obviously saw a reversal of that quite sharply in May. um, You know, as the Federal Reserve started changing their tone, and the data to the U.S. turned uh, turned out to be more positive. So the bottom line is that it's all about where U.S. interest rates is going, and that's really impacting typically where. um, Um, you know, uh, the lower quality asset classes trade and where emerging market asset classes trade because um, you know, if the yields in the US are going to be lower for longer, there's going to be a global search for yield from investors uh, because they're getting pretty much nothing in the US and other developed markets and capital flows into higher yielding asset classes. But as the low interest rate environment unwinds, people are not willing to take on the additional risk of those lower uh, rated asset classes and money flows back into the US. So it is a market moving number, Sakina, and we'll keep a close eye out for them.